Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. already it has been and in uh, uh, in the time of uh, the Christmas season you ever find yourself getting into a rush rushing out to the store to get the little things bought and rushing out to the various activities that we're involved with as we uh, try to partake in the giving parts of the season uh, getting out to the mall for the band caroling and getting out to and and and, and pretty hold on a second. I gotta catch, catch my breath and sometimes you can get sort of lost in the wash of what the Christmas season can be, especially here in the Salvation Army. It can be a very tiring time. And sometimes you can, you can lose perspective. But truly, the season that we go through is a season of, of hope. This morning, uh, 
I'd like to share you, uh, with you a small piece of scripture taken from Luke 18, verse 35. It says there, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. Now that sounds pretty simple all by itself, but a blind man in those days sitting by the roadside, that wasn't uncommon at all. In fact, they tended to pick the kind of places that people pick now when they're on the street asking for help and asking for money, and they're trying to pick the busy places, and this was a busy place. But in that situation, this was a desperate individual. This blind man had no role in their society. He was without hope. And in that situation, he cried out to Jesus. And in the next verse, when he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And you can almost feel this sense building up in him. He's heard probably a lot about Jesus by now. And here comes Jesus walking by. And an intensity, a swell of hope comes up upon him. And he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I only hope that someday I have that kind of hope, that I can just call out. I can just cry out his name, and my eyes will be opened. That would be an unbelievable thing to hope for. But yet, this is that season of hope. As we worship this morning, pay attention to the lyrics of the songs, friends. They're not just randomly picked out. They're picked out with an intent to bring a message to our hearts, a message of hope. Won't you pray with me this morning? Father God, we thank you so much for the opportunity that you give us each and every day to witness to others, to show them through the gifts that you give us of of talents, of time, perhaps of resources. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for all that you give to us. The blessings flow over us uh, so much so that we can't possibly absorb it all. And yet there are those among us and around us that have not found that hope in you, not yet. We pray this morning, Lord, that uh, the words of these mouths here this morning and the meditations of our hearts will be found acceptable unto you. For you are our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Good morning. This morning, um, the, the new thing that we've started is putting the cards or a piece of paper for greetings for our college students. So our college students this week are Emily, Jessica, Tom, and John. And um, so there's in the library a sheet of paper that you can sign, write a note to or something to our college students to encourage them. And also we'd like to welcome our missionaries who are worshiping with with us today via um, CDs. And the missionaries are Majors Gary and Karen Felton, who are in Kingston, Jamaica, coming home in June to retrieve their dog. <laughs> I need to make sure they know that. In you know, and um, Majors John and Nancy Mowers, who are in Argentina. And if you don't know, their Christmas letter is on the bulletin board out here in the hallway, and so you can um, read their Christmas letter that they sent. It's fun to read. And majors Alex and Luz Nestorenko, who are in Lima, Peru. And we don't know them, but we welcome them to, to worship with us today. I want to share with you quickly, um, just a couple weeks ago, I guess it was the, the Thanksgiving, con- the day after Thanksgiving concert, and um, we greeted the Swansons, Colonels Barry and Sue Swanson. And she sent back an email saying how much she enjoyed worshiping with us and, and how much she appreciated the CD, so I thought that was nice to get that feedback. We're going to sing the first Noel, and we're going to sing the first 
second, and sixth verse. First, second, and sixth. Okay, and we're going to sing them all the way through. I'm sure you don't want to sing all six verses. So we're going to sing the first, second, and sixth. Joseph was also willing to change his decisions and behavior as a result of his encounter with God. Come, Come let us adore him. Emmanuel, God with us. On, on the second Sunday of Advent, as we light the second candle, we are called to open our hearts to the miracle of Christ's coming and to his plan for our lives. As you and I are sensitively obedient to God's, le- to God's leading in our lives, we too will be changed and receive comfort, direction, and a clear view of God's perspective in our lives. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, 
Do not be afraid to make Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are the name of Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a branch of bearing fruit from an old root. And the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. On that day, the heir of David to David's throne will be, the, be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. We're going to sing... The light has come and ask that you stand and we're going to do something a little different. We're going to also sing the chorus Emmanuel um, after the second and third verses.
To fulfill his plan, God needed a carpenter. He needed a man who was sturdy, stable, and yet practical, also sensitive to the voice of God. He needed one who would stand quietly with a young virgin who might have seemed an object of ridicule, yet carried in her womb the hope of the world. Joseph was strong but compassionate. He was able to lead the tiring expedition to Bethlehem and to the stable to love and encourage the mother of Christ. Joseph, as the man of the house, was the teacher to give Jesus his first lessons in the law of God. And in Jerusalem, when the boy was 12 and it became evident that his first allegiance must be to another father, Joseph was the man to humbly and silently step back and let God step forward. This morning we're going to take a few uh, moments to honor and remember Bernie Smith. You know, as I think about it, Bernie had some of the same qualities that were mentioned about Joseph. Bernie was faithful and he was humble. He was willing to let others get in the limelight and kind of liked working behind the scenes. Just over a week ago, Bernie went to be with the Lord. It's been a long week for Melva and the family. Yet God is good, isn't he? And he has sustained them through some difficult days. Today in this holiness meeting, we are considering the life of Joseph. He knew what it was like to have his life turned completely upside down. And you know, when we lose loved ones, we may feel like everything has kind of turned upside down as well. But I thank God that in Joseph's time of need, God came to him with just what he needed. Just the information, just the comfort, just the direction he needed. Now God didn't make Joseph's difficulty go away but he did help him to understand and accept his will. This morning I pray that God will continue to minister to each one of us as we um, sense our loss, because Bernie isn't going to be among us as he usually was. And I especially pray that um, his presence will be very real to Melva and the family. God's Word says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and into chapter 5 in the message translation of the Bible, these words. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without His unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. For instance, we know that the, when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents and folded away, they will be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven, God-made, not handmade. 
and we'll never have to relocate our tents again. Sometimes we can hardly wait to move, and so we cry out in frustration. Compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seem like a stopover in an unfurnished shack, and we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home, our resurrection bodies. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. That's why we live with such good cheer. You won't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. It's what we trust in. But don't you see, that's what keeps us going. Do you suppose a few ruts in the road or rocks in the path are going to stop us? When the time comes, we'll be plenty ready to exchange exile for homecoming. But neither exile nor homecoming is the main thing. Cheerfully pleasing God is the main thing, and that's what we aim to do, regardless of our conditions. I think that's how Bernie approached life. And I think that's how he wants us to approach life as we continue to strive to what God has for us. Bernie had a challenging last three years, but he never complained because he was a looking ahead to his permanent home. Today, Bernie spends his second Sunday in glory. And we thank God that we have the confidence because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. I want to share a word of prayer, however, before the band plays in honor of Bernie, the song Promoted to Glory. And I ask that you stand as we pray. Father, it is an honor to come before your throne on behalf of a saint, one who has been called home. And God, I thank you that today, as this prayer goes up to you, that Bernie is there in your presence. God, what joy and peace and strength that gives us. Lord, I do pray that in this time of separation that you would grant the family a special sense of your presence, the, um, the reality of your love, the reality of your um, concern for them. And Lord, that they would know that um, the great enemy, death, has been defeated, that Jesus Christ broke the chains of sin and death and secured for us this wonderful promise of eternal life to those who believe and trust in you. And God, uh, we just testify today that Bernie was one who believed and trusted in you. And we, we celebrate and we honor him. But Lord, mostly, we just thank you. God, I thank you that we too have this hope. And Lord, uh, someday when you call us home, it's our confidence that we too will be promoted to glory, to spend eternity with you. Lord, might we be encouraged by these words. And God, might you bless us as we continue to um, adjust to Bernie's departure. For we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.
I don't know if any of you have ever tried to uh, hit a piñata. Piñata is uh, one of those hollow, breakable objects, usually in the form of an animal, and usually filled with candy or some kind of treats. The game is played by blindfolding the contestants one at a time, spinning them around to kind of get them disoriented, and then giving them turns trying to hit this piñata with a stick. To make it more challenging, the piñata is usually suspended on a rope and it's swung around and the rope is pulled and let down so that it changes height. In addition, if you want to make it even more fun, people can call out directions, sometimes helpful and sometimes misleading, to kind of direct the person where to swing. How well a person does depends on how well they can hear the directions, how well they can determine which are true and which are misleading, and a good swing doesn't hurt either. Sometimes that's the way life kind of seems, doesn't it? Often we feel like we're blindfolded, disoriented, unsure of exactly where we're at, and whether what we're doing really makes any difference at all. And sometimes it's difficult to find the right path, to distinguish good advice from bad advice. Which way should we go? Who should we listen to? There are times when it becomes painfully obvious that we need help to find our way in a given situation, and sometimes we just need help with life. Have you ever felt that way? Man, I know I have. (laughs) Sometimes such help comes from a parent or a mentor, a counselor, a friend, or maybe a teacher. We might call those kind of uh, sources of help natural sources. But as Christians, we also believe that supernatural help is available. Isn't that true? Isn't that what we say? That God's there to help us? That we have a help and a source that goes beyond uh, this physical world. Supernatural help can come in the form of a mature Christian. It can come by reading through the scriptures. It can come through prayer. But there are times, some fantastic times, when God decides to make his will and his direction very clear through a very spectacular form of communication to make sure his will is known. And this morning I want to consider one such time. Please open your Bible to Matthew chapter 1. This morning we're considering the role of Joseph. And we want to look at uh, the part he played in the drama of this first Christmas. 
And as we dig into this story, we find that Joseph was someone who certainly needed supernatural direction because no human being could give him the help he needed. No human being could perceive what God was up to and the way in which he was going to bring his will to pass. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Joseph had made plans to wed Mary. Their their agreement to Mary was binding. And it probably had been arranged many years ago. Sometimes these arrangements were made when the kids were very small. But Joseph's plans quickly turned from a dream into a nightmare. Joseph had just found out that his fiancée, Mary, was pregnant. And he knew that the baby wasn't his. From his point of view, obviously, Mary had been unfaithful and guilty of adultery. So Joseph was afraid and unsure of what to do. Because this sort of thing wasn't acceptable in the community. The law said that Joseph should divorce her and that she should be stoned to death. Now the Bible describes in this very passage Joseph as a righteous and honorable man. So rather than subjecting Mary to public humiliation and even death, Joseph decides that the best thing for him to do is to to divorce Mary and quietly send her away. This was a real act of grace by Joseph. Think about the turmoil that must have been churning inside of him. Like one of those children wildly swinging at a piñata, Joseph's life was spinning out of control. And he desperately needed some direction. He needed to know what to do. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt your life spinning out of control? Again, I know I have. But God doesn't leave Joseph alone to wrestle with this decision. One night, in the middle of his fitful sleep, God sends Joseph a visitor. In fact, an angel to give him information that he needs to make the right decision, to take the right course. Let's read Matthew 1, verse 20. But when he had considered this, this this being divorcing her and sending her away, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Talk about doing a double take. This was as unexpected to Joseph as the news that Mary was pregnant. The angel Gabriel appears to Joseph to let him know that Mary's pregnancy was of God. And he starts this interaction with Joseph with the words, 
don't be afraid. We saw the same thing last week when Gabriel appeared to Mary. Don't be afraid. And the angel says the same to the shepherds at the announcement of Jesus' birth. Don't be afraid. See a pattern here. Joseph needs to get past his fears so that he can receive the message that God has for him. The message that he needed at that moment. Assurance of Mary's faithfulness and purity. But God doesn't stop there. Through this angel, he also reveals to Joseph the reason that all of this is happening. There is a purpose to all of this chaos, to all of this confusion. Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 through 23 contains the heart of that message. Here it is. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. The angel asks Joseph to believe something miraculous, something impossible, that this child was to save the people from their sins. According to Matthew, this is all Joseph is told. Just, here's the name, here's what this child is going to do. But for our benefit, Matthew, the author of this book, adds verses 22 and 23, kind of as an explanation to help us put it into context. The angel commands Joseph to give the baby the name Jesus. Jesus was a very common name in that day. This name is a shortened form of Joshua and means God saves. But Matthew goes further and reveals to us in verse 23 an excerpt from the book of Isaiah that names the name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Well, when you put these two verses together, they reveal that God was coming to this earth to save us. He was coming to be with us, to save us. In other words, the Messiah was to be born of Mary. Joseph's life was just crashing down all around him, yet God was still in control. From Joseph's perspective, his life was a mess. It was a disaster. It had fallen apart. But God was behind the scenes all the time. It really wasn't a mess. It just seemed like that. The same is true today. And I think Advent season, in this Advent season, God reminds us that even though it seems at times that our lives are spinning out of control, He has a plan. And He is always in control. If we trust Him and if we seek Him, He'll show us the way. And though we may have very real fears, as Joseph did, his fears weren't fabricated, they were, they were substantiated, they were reasonable Following God's plan will help us move past those fears. God doesn't promise to take fear away. He promises, or fearful situations at least, He promises to help us through them, to see the purpose that can be achieved even through them. Just ask Joseph. Though following God's plan may take us out of our comfort zone, it will also lead us into a deeper understanding of Him 
and a broader perspective on life. People who go through these times understand God in a different way and they have a whole new view on life. Some of you have been through some of those times, losing loved ones, dealing with cancer, other issues that have caused you to have to plumb those depths. Be assured of this. At times, being faithful to God's leading will put you at odds with this world. Don't want to fool you. Following God's way does not guarantee an easy road. Matter of fact, it, it pretty much guarantees you're going to have some bumps and problems that you could avoid simply by um, not making God a part of your life. You can imagine how Joseph's decision to take Mary as his wife was met with by his friends and family. Do you think they were excited? Especially in that day? His decision would not have been understood by the people in his hometown. But Joseph was willing to put up with the gossip, the humiliation, all of, this, all of the consequences of his controversial decision because he wanted to follow God's will. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, faced a similar response when he decided to leave a promising ministry in the Methodist New Connection. Many people thought he was crazy and that he was throwing away a promising career in the ministry to, to go after this pipe dream. In Acts chapter 4, verses 19 through 20, Peter and John, while standing in front of the Sanhedrin, declare, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. I'll tell you, it takes courage to stay on the path God directs us to. It's not easy. And like Joseph and Mary experienced, many today do not understand why we do what we do and why we live the life that we live. They don't understand the good news of Jesus Christ or our need to tell other people about him. And many of the, in this world would prefer we not make people uncomfortable by talking about sin and repentance and forgiveness and salvation and holiness. Just keep that stuff to yourselves. Keep it in a church. Don't, don't let it out in public. But when we are faithful and following God's leading, we're led to decisions, circumstances, and destinations we could never have imagined. That's been my experience in following God's leading in my life. I've gone places and done things I never imagined, and some I never wanted. Matter of fact, quite a few I never would have wanted to do. And I have no idea what God might ask of me in the future. And that's just not true for me, that's true for each one of you. Living by faith is really quite an adventure, isn't it? You never know what God might bring in, in, into your path, what he may ask you to do. Joseph's life certainly was an adventure. His common, predictable life was dramatically changed by simply saying yes to God. And after meeting that angel that night, he woke up from his dream and he knew exactly what he had to do. His, his life, the direction of his life, it was determined and resolved. Whatever it was going to cost, he knew what he had to do. Matthew chapter 1, verses 24 and 25 documents Joseph's faithfulness. And Joseph awoke from his sleep 
and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So Joseph married Mary, adopted Jesus as his own son, protected him and raised him. Later, when Herod threatened Jesus' life, Joseph again followed the angel's leading and took Mary and Jesus to Egypt, another unforeseen adventure. Joseph really was a remarkable man. He treated Jesus as his son. Although he wasn't his biological father, Joseph was unselfish, and he put his pride aside to follow the will of God. William and Catherine Booth, in choosing to follow God's leading, left a secure life and the respectability of an established ministry and ultimately founded the Salvation Army. What about you? Are you willing to trust God in the uncertainty and seeming chaos of life? Are you open to His direction and His will? You know, although we may joke and say life is like playing a game uh, of pinata, it really isn't. At least it doesn't have to be if you're a follower of Christ. If you learn to distinguish His voice, He will guide you in the way that you should go. That doesn't mean your family and friends will always understand. It doesn't even guarantee that you'll always understand. But it does mean that you can have confidence knowing that God is in control. I tell you, that is summarizes Bernie's life really well, at least his testimony to me. As we faithfully follow God's leading, God can marvelously use us as channels of blessing, grace, mercy, and love. And we too can play an important role in bringing God's will to pass. As you and I are sensitive to God and obedient to His leading in our lives, He's going to change us as well. We'll receive comfort, direction, and a clearer view of what God is doing. Like Joseph, we'll begin to see life from God's perspective to evaluate circumstances from a godly perspective. Joseph was open to receiving God's message and guidance for his life, even in the midst of his greatest disappointment and grief. But more than just receiving the message, Joseph was also willing to change his decisions and to change his behavior as a result of his encounter with God. On this second Sunday, in Advent, I invite you to follow Joseph's example. I don't know what uncertainty or what chaos you may be dealing with. I don't know what burdens each of you are bearing. I know some of you, uh, some of the burdens. I don't know what struggles you're facing. Some of us don't share our struggles very openly. We keep them inside. Perhaps it seems to you like your life is spinning out of control. Maybe you feel disoriented and you're not sure where to go. If so, this morning, I invite you to look to the example of Joseph. He was willing to trust God when things seemed the most hopeless. Not when everything was fine, but when things were the most hopeless. 
He was willing to receive and follow God's message even when he didn't completely understand it. He was willing to move out of his comfort zone to be used of God to bless other people, people he didn't even know, people who were hurting. He was willing to take his place in fulfilling God's will for his life. So how about you? Are you willing? I don't know exactly what that will mean for you. For some of you, that may mean some really difficult decisions. It may mean um, some sacrifices. But here's what I know. I know there's no better place to be than to be in the center of God's will, wherever that may take you. Are you ready to trust him? Are you ready to follow his leading? We're going to sing a chorus. Where he leads me, I will follow. And um, just a time to consider God's leading in your life. Where he leads me, I will follow. And um, if you want to make that commitment to him, you can do so right where you're at. You can come to this altar and pray. But um, whatever you do, listen to God. Listen for his voice. Look for his leading. And if it's not clear, seek the counsel of godly people. Um, Read his word. Pray. And God will be faithful. He will answer. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him, all the are chaotic. The circumstances of our lives uh, have us confused. We don't know which way to go. We don't know what we ought to do. We're we're lost, Lord. Uh, Each day we we try to put a good face on it and perhaps try to um, act like things are all right, but inside, Lord, um, we're afraid. And God, I pray for those who may be feeling that way. Lord, I thank you that even in the midst of our confusion, that you have a lifeline for us if we would simply seek you out. And God, I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would make a a clear impression upon our hearts, upon our spirits, that Lord, we would sense your presence, that we would know that if we would simply order our lives after your ways, that God, we would begin to um, have a sense of direction. 
Lord, I pray that um, if there's someone who needs good counsel, that you would send a godly person into their lives to just give them that direction. Lord, I, I pray that as, as we read the Scriptures and as we spend time in prayer, that you would give us the perception to, to understand what you're trying to say to us. Lord, that we would be able to tell truth from falsehood, that we, we would be able to discern your direction from those who would want to mislead us. And God, if, if we are in a time of despair, I pray that even in the midst of that despair, that, Lord, we might reach out to you, knowing that you will see us through. God, I thank you for your um, steady leadership. I thank you, Lord, that if, if we are Christians, then you have already put your Holy Spirit within us. And, Lord, we simply need to be in tune with the Spirit's direction, the Spirit's guidance. And so, God, um, do that for us. And, Lord, we'll give you the praise. We thank you, Lord, for this season of contemplation leading up to the birth of, of your Son. Pray, Lord, that uh, this wouldn't just be going through the traditions of the season, but, God, in this Advent season, this time of Christmas, that we might find you anew and afresh. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a song that continues the invitation, I'll follow thee. And if you will simply respond as God is speaking to your heart, then um, what more can you do but respond to God as he speaks? Just stand as we sing. We'll sing both verses straight through.
Lord Jesus, we come with praise and thanksgiving for the marvel and miracle of your birth we celebrate this season. Come once again to us in this hour that we may rejoice because you've been born in our hearts. We pray that in all our labors, in all our relationships, in all of our life, you will live and love through us in all our seasons of life as our Savior and Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Join me in the benediction vocally, the majesty and glory of your name. This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Gersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.